Welcome to the Experience Life Podcast, where we are learning to escape our comfort zone and get out of our own way from holding ourselves back from the lives we know we are made for. My name is Sarah, and I'm a mom who is infatuated with personal growth. Join me on this journey to experience life through all of life's experiences. What's up out there, Lifer? Welcome to today's episode of Experience Life. So this is the second Monday of the month in the month of May, and I hope that we're back on track with our regular schedule um, that you may be familiar with from before, is that the second Monday of every month um, is a conversation. So this is like an interview style where I bring a guest on to the podcast to talk about um, a certain topic that matters to the two of us to share with you in hopes that um, you you might find something useful from this guest and maybe apply it to your life. Um, so I love to bring on heartwarming, um, real, vulnerable, honest um, people willing to share real life experiences um, in the pursuit of living your best life and experiencing your life. So I'm so glad to welcome on this guest today. Um, I intentionally invited her um, over a month ago to come on for this month because the month of May is Mental Health Awareness Month, and I'm really focusing on that and how it shows up in different areas of our life. Um, As you may know, um, and I did do a bonus episode on this last Thursday, um, that I have joined forces with some of the women that I consider my friends, but also they're in my toolbox um, for my own mindset and my own mental health um, benefits in my life. So we've joined forces. There's the four of us that are doing a segment in an IGTV series um, on Instagram called Mindset Matters May. So we um, airing a new episode. We're shooting for Mondays. You know, our lives are a little bit crazy. It's hard to collaborate for people's lives um, to be in the same place at the same time um, once a week. But We are airing them on Monday mornings is the goal, and um, it's a conversation about mindset, why it matters, and how um, your mental health benefits um, from having a healthy mindset in your life. So um, on the terms of Mental Health Awareness Month, I invited this guest, Megan Ettinger, to join us here today um, because Megan has vulnerably shared on her own podcast and in her own life on her Instagram Um, about her own mental health, how she has struggled with it, and how she has been able to improve it in her life in the pursuit of living her best life. Um, So we had a great conversation, and I hope that you all enjoy it and go follow Megan. What's up out there, lifers? Welcome to today's episode of Experience Life. Thank you for joining me here on the airwaves today. I have a special guest, and I don't really want to call this an interview because I feel like that sounds too formal. So I have welcomed um, a guest, Megan Edinger, to the table to have an open conversation with me here in the month of May. As you know, we are recognizing as Mental Health Awareness Month. So um, Megan has a journey of her own that she's really going to vulnerably share about um, her journey um, with us here today. So welcome, Megan. Thanks for coming. Hi. Oh, my God. I'm so happy to be here. We're happy to have you. So, Megan, um, can you begin with sharing a little bit, like, about yourself, who you are, what you do day-to-day? Tell us the goods. Um, So, I'm married to my high school sweetheart. We've been together for about 18 years, married for 14. Uh, We we had our first baby just two weeks after my 18th birthday. Um, We now have three kids total. 
Um, I work full time actually teaching other teams and organizations how to work effectively in a remote environment. So that was, that's kept me pretty busy through the pandemic. Um, but I also have my own podcast and membership community for moms that are looking to kind of tap into themselves again outside of, you know, their role of being a wife and a mom and all that. Um, and our regular day-to-day -day changes based upon what day it is. We have three kids all on a hybrid school schedule, um, and they're all pretty involved in sports. So depending upon the day, really depends on what our schedule looks like. Drew and I, my husband and I are both working from home full time right now with the pandemic. I always work from home anyway, but um, he's also home from, from his job. And again, depending on the day, we're running past five o'clock all the way up through like eight or nine o'clock when we can finally like sit down and have dinner as a family because that's really important to me. So Whew, that's a long day. Yeah. And it's a new space to be everybody like inside the house and navigating like this time. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So Megan, you mentioned even just now um, that you had your children at a young age. And I heard you say on one of your podcast episodes that you found yourself 24 years old with three children. How straining was that on your mental health? Uh, very. <laughs> so I definitely had some postpartum depression after my first baby. And it took me a while to really understand what was going on because, you know, I was tired, I was lonely, um, I was like trying to figure out how to be a mom, things weren't going, you know, the way that I expected as most new moms experience. And so I just thought that I was feeling like a new mom was supposed to feel, coupled with the fact that all of my friends were gone away to college, there was no like Facebook or Instagram. Uh, texting was available, but it was expensive, so I didn't do that. Um, so I really was pretty isolated. Um, yeah. Lucky for me, it was a pretty mild case. So once I realized what was going on, I was able to work myself out of it by being pretty intentional about my behaviors and my mindset. Um, and so then that kind of went away for a while. And then after we had the other two, Drew and I were married by then. We had moved into our own house. Um, we were both very focused on climbing the corporate ladder at the time. So we were both working full time. We were both going to school almost full time. And he was also working part time so that we could pay for childcare. So I think that even though my mental health was very much not okay, I think that I was just moving at such a fast pace that. I didn't have time to like do anything about it. So I didn't, I didn't, um, I guess I didn't have time to slow down and recognize that something was wrong. And so it just, it just was that way, you know? Yeah. It just like sort of became known as like your normal. Mm -hmm, exactly. How did you realize that something more was like going on that you needed to pay attention to? Yeah. It wasn't until years later, I want to say it was like 2006. 17. Um, so the kids were older, they were, you know, far less reliant on me, but still very busy, you know, they're active kids. Um, and I had stepped back from my corporate role, I realized that that was not really what I wanted, I wanted more flexibility and more time with my family. Um, and so once I stopped with that job, and I had more time and also I didn't have like a goal that I was chasing yeah it was then that I was like 
oh my, I can't function. Like I'm yelling at my kids for just being kids. Like they're not doing anything that's really outside of the norm for kids their age and I can't take it. Um, and so I went finally to see a doctor and, you know, I was telling her about what was going on with my life at the time. And she was like, wow, that must be really hard. And I was like, no, it's not. No, it's not. I'm a mom. This is normal mom shit. Like I should be able to do this. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. So that was when I first, um, really acknowledged it and got my official diagnosis of anxiety and depression, um, and went on medicine for the first time. I think that that is so relatable. So oftentimes moms just find themselves like fully immersed in this mom life and like it's just everything is chaotic and you sort of just like um, drown out the noise inside of saying something's wrong, something's wrong, like I shouldn't feel this way. Exactly. So you had had this present earlier on in your life, but then you vulnerably shared that – so you started your podcast last year. And you started off doing some episodes and then you came, you took a long break. And then when you came back, you said you were gone for six months um, and you took a break for podcasting because you had been struggling with some depression. Can you like elaborate how that showed back up in your life and how you missed like the warning signs? Yeah. So I was on medicine for a while, but I really did not like the way that it felt for me. And knowing what I know now, and of course my doctor did say like, you have to find the medicine that's right for you, blah, blah, blah. But I didn't hear that. Right. Yeah. So I was on this medicine. I did not feel like myself. I wasn't having panic attacks every day. So that was awesome. But I also wasn't like full of life. Like I wasn't able to experience all of my emotions and I really didn't like that. So I went off of my medicine under the supervision of my doctor um, in the very beginning of the pandemic, which was in hindsight, not the best idea. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And at that time in April, I, I, I must've noticed like subconsciously that I was in trouble because at that point I was like, okay, no more drinking. Like back then, I don't know if you remember, but everybody was like, oh, Zoom happy hour, like yeah. every day. Um, and I was like, this can very quickly become like a real big problem that I don't want anything to do with. And yeah. so I was like, we're just not going to, we're not going to do this anymore. Um, also knowing that when I drink, I, I'm just more anxious anyway. Yeah. Um, and so I had, there were so many warning signs, but I just chalked it up to like, well, it's the pandemic. Well, everybody feels this way. Well, we're in quarantine. Like I had excuses on excuses for the reason why I was feeling the way I was feeling. And I was convinced that it was just a normal part of quarantine life. Yeah, totally. And you talked about missing all those warning signs that you know now, like you said, in hindsight, we can only connect the dots looking back and you're like, well, that's where it showed up. Well, that's where it showed up. Exactly. But what was yeah. like the last, like, how did you figure it out then? Yeah. So looking back, I'll, I'll go through some of the warning signs. That yes. I yeah. Yeah. Um, so number one was like apathy at work. I had very little interest in the work that I was doing and I, I could not, I could not focus and complete my tasks. Um, and I was kind of new to this role. So I was also experiencing like imposter syndrome. And so I just took these things as like confirmation that I was right. And that I was not like a good fit for this job. 
Um, I was not having any fun with my kids, and fun is like a big part of who we are. Um, we like to like tell jokes and laugh at the dinner table. We like to play, um, and I wasn't doing any of that. Totally ignored that one. Um, my husband and I were always fighting, and I blamed him, yeah. and I blamed the pandemic. Um, I was exhausted all the time. Again, blame the pandemic and quarantine. Um, and then just generally not taking care of myself. So like I wasn't, I was eating garbage. I was definitely not exercising. I was not, um, doing my gratitude. Like I just wasn't doing anything productive to take care of myself. Um, and that I'll go back to that last one that being exhausted, that one really didn't creep up until we hit this really weird part in quarantine where like schools were closed and daycare and like summer camps were closed, but sports were starting to open back up again. And so I was looking around and everyone was like, Oh, we have so much free time. But here I was trying to work full time and manage the kids and then still get them to all of their shit. So I was like, yeah, what, yeah. <laughs> how am I supposed to function this way? Like this is impossible. Um, and so that's why I was like, this is not me. This is not my problem. This is the pandemic's problem. Right. And it's a product of that. And it sort of threw us into like an uncomfortable situation that we had no idea how to navigate. It's like mm -hmm. a perfect storm for depression to bubble back up. Yeah. And so the breaking point for me was I told my husband he had to leave. And he did. Wow. And so for three weeks, it took me three weeks after he had moved out for me to be like, Megan, you're dumb. This is not what you want to do. Like, why would you do that? Um, and so we had many conversations and I still was like, cause he had, he had asked me like a lot to go up, to go back on medicine. And my stance at the time was, you want me on medicine because you don't like the way I express my emotions. And if that is a condition to being with you, then F off. I don't know if I can trip on you. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You're fine. <laughs> <laughs> um, so that's where we were. And we were at this like point where like he was, he was done. He was like working with a realtor to like buy his own house. Wow. Um, yeah. Yeah. It was, it was not, not pretty. Um, and the kids were going back and forth between like my house and he was staying with his mom. Um, and so I told him, and this took like a lot for me because I have a pretty big ego and I'm pretty stubborn. So when I told him like, this is not what I want, that was really hard for me. Um, and I was like, you know, I'm, I'm not ready to go on medicine, but I will see a therapist. So I won't be relying on you so much when I'm like experiencing certain things and like, you don't have to be that, um, that support system for me. I'll find that support somewhere else. And I think that's really important because when you struggle or even just like a normal level of like stress and emotions, you can't dump that on your partner. Number one, it's not there. And number two, they're not equipped yeah. to, support you in that way all the time. Right. Especially if it's constant. Um, so if you are feeling like, or if you're experiencing these moments where you're like constantly like dumping all of this shit on your partner, um, 
take notice of that and just find someone else to talk to. Like therapy doesn't have to be, you don't have to be in crisis mode to see a therapist. Sometimes it's just a good like outside opinion that can like see things more clear than you can. And clarity comes with action. So once you start talking about it, the things are going to come up. Um, exactly. And your partner can't hold the space for everything in your life. And sometimes, oftentimes we do that. And that's a human, you know, reaction to act that way. So I'm so proud of you. Good job for like recognizing that. And thank you for sharing because I know that that is probably still a little raw and it's hard. Mm -hmm. I'm stubborn too. And, um, you know, our emotions are messengers. So like they're sending us, they're telling us what we need to expose or work on or heal or whatever's going on. And I know that you passionately spoke about that before that you didn't want, um, medication as a first resort. It's more of like a last resort. Can you talk about why that's so important to you? Yeah. So I already, I already shared a little bit about my past experience. Um, so there was that. I also just in general, I'm not a fan of like big pharma. Yeah. Period. Yeah. Um, and, and I really struggle with like feeling like, and this is 100% not true. So if you're listening to this, please don't, I don't feel like this anymore. I am actively taking medicine now. Um, but at the time I was like, I should be able to do this. I shouldn't have to rely on a chemical to be like a normal person. Um, so I was trying things like I told myself, okay, you're going to wake up, you're going to do your gratitude, you're going to eat a good breakfast, you're going to work out, you're going to do all this shit. But the reality was I couldn't get my ass out of bed in the first place. I heard, I wasn't doing all of that. And yeah. so that made me feel even worse. And it was like this constant spiral. Um, and so I started seeing my therapist in like late August, September timeframe. And after uh, like I explained the whole thing and medicine and everything and she was like okay and then like a couple sessions later I saw her every week she was like you know you might consider going on medicine like it doesn't have to be a forever thing it doesn't make you weak um you know she had a doctor that she worked with and I was like no no thank you I yeah. can do this <laughs> <laughs> um and it wasn't until November that I had like a breakdown talking to her on zoom and she was like do you do you want to just go see that doctor that I work with you don't have to go on any medicine but like just go talk to her and see like what she says yeah um so I did I, I went to the doctor and I felt really good about the fact that it wasn't just a medical doctor prescribing me just whatever was on their list and like she was working with my therapist. So I gave permission for the two of them to work together to really find a solution for me. And that for me was really important because I felt like I was being treated as a whole person and not just my symptoms. Yes, that's gold. So, and, and you told yourself, you know, you, you're, do, you're giving yourself the full spectrum and it wasn't like you just, um, gave in or gave up and just gave yourself medicine. You went the route and it wasn't your husband telling you, you need to go on medication, which sometimes you can take offensively and like it hurts. But when you're sharing vulnerably with a doctor and they say, this might help you like get to the person you want to be, it sits a little differently, yeah. I think. Um, and I can imagine like, so you're doing all these things now combined together. They're going to be more effective. And now I can wake up early and get a good yes. breakfast and do my gratitude and do my workout, which helps 
with all of this anyway. So it's like I'm a big fan of not just leaning on therapy and not just taking your medicine. Like you really do need all three of them. Maybe not all at the same time, but like there are there are pillars. You can't just do yes. one and ignore everything else. Absolutely. And sometimes we miss that in today's society and our culture. Yeah. Yeah, that- because I think some people think, oh, well, I'm taking medicine. I'm fine now. And it's like, mm, no, you're not. Right. You know, you're still missing all of these other things. And so you're still experiencing depression. You just don't realize it because like you're on medicine now, so you're fine. Yeah, because it numbed it. But you have yeah. to be active in your change. You have to be an active participant in your life and show up every day. And now that you're creating those feelings, they're driving your actions to get up in the morning, to do your, and then they are giving you further feelings to drive further actions to produce results. (laughs) Exactly. And the way I expressed it to my therapist when she asked me about it, I said, you know, before when I thought about doing these things, it felt like I had to climb Mount Everest to get there. Whereas now it's like a little speed bump. You know, yeah. I hit the bumps in the road, but I can I can get past them, and I know I can get past them. So it's just it's far more manageable. We're so much more likely to throw the towel in when you're looking up a big hill, mm-hmm. and when you accomplish things and check them off, then you're more apt to show up the next time and do it. It's like, um, and it's just endorphin release. Hundred <laughs> percent. Yeah. That's awesome. So do you have a morning routine where you um intentionally invest like on your mindset every day? I do. So I have, I do have a gratitude practice that I've gotten back to. Um, and I have set some like goals for myself. So I have like some professional goals, um, but also just like in general, like who do I want to be 10 years from now? And that doesn't have to be tied to my job. That can be tied to whatever I want to tie it to. Yeah. And for me, 10 years from now, I'm not going to have any kids at home. Yeah. Wow. I'm only 34, you know? Me too. (laughs) So, um, I have like the Rachel Hollis, like start today. So I do like five things I'm thankful for. And then I write down like the things that I'm going to accomplish, the 10 things I'm going to accomplish. Um, and that for me is really helpful because it keeps all of those things front and center. So I'm much more likely to act on them and like just chip away little by little than if I were to just like write a journal entry, like create this plan and then like never look at it again. Yes. They're in your face every day. Exactly. You're becoming, you retrain your brain, your brain's a muscle. And we really retrain our brain into convincing ourselves that we're capable of doing those things when we actively write them every day. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's been effective for me too. So Megan, as we wrap this up, do you have anything else you'd like to add to anything? Your mental health, your mindset, how it shows up. Um, I would just say if you are struggling right now, if you have the slightest inclination that you are struggling right now, I encourage you to talk to someone. Just, you know, with the pandemic, I think it actually has been easier for people to connect with a therapist because you're not – um, you're not stuck within your geography, right? Everyone's yes. doing Zoom. So you can find a therapist, you know, halfway across the world if you need to. Um, and just really talk to someone. And it's it, like, I don't know if you have a lot of moms that listen, but yes. And I know this is 
this is terrible because we should do things for ourselves, for our moms, <laughs> and we don't. So if you're not going to do it for yourself, please do it for your kids because you deserve to experience life in a certain way, and they deserve to have a mom that is ready to experience life with them and not just like kind of watch from the sidelines. Yes, that's perfect. A lot of times we we say, you know, we need to do these things for ourselves, but we're also conditioned as moms to be selfless. Um, and so it's hard. We feel selfish by saying me first. But yeah. once you practice it, you realize the benefit of it and the repercussion of not doing it. Yeah, so exactly. Thank you for saying that. Yeah, of course. So I ask all my guests to share a favorite quote um, or something like that you want to say. A couple favorite quotes or doesn't have to be a favorite. Do you have something that you can share with us? Yeah, I did find something. And this, um, I don't know anything about this person besides the fact that he's an NBA player. But um, <laughs> this is something that is kind of at the forefront in our house. We have um, my oldest is a junior in high school and he is looking at colleges and he maybe wants to wrestle in college. Um, and so wow. he's having to really work really, really hard right now um, for something that he loves, but it's still a lot of hard work. Um, and so this quote kind of resonates with that. So it says, hard work beats talent when talent doesn't work hard. I you have all the talent in the world, but if you're not working hard, someone else with less talent is going to kick your ass. Bam. I've heard that one before. That's so good. Did you it's by um, Kevin Durant. And like I said, I don't know anything about him besides the fact that he's an NBA player. But um, yeah, love that. Love it. That was great. Awesome. Well, thank you, Megan. And can you share where everybody can find you, the name of your podcast and all that? Sure. The name of my podcast is Unlocking Your Ambition. You can listen to it wherever you're listening to this podcast. And um, I'm most active on Instagram, so it's at Megan.Edinger on Instagram. Love it. Thank you so much for sharing, Megan. This was amazing. Awesome. Thanks so much for having me. You're welcome. Thank you so much for joining me to experience life. If you like this episode, please spread the love and share it with a friend or tag me on social media. You can always find me on Instagram at Miss Sarah Jack. That's M-S dot S-A-R-A-H underscore J-A-C. Until next time, enjoy the ride.